Welcome to the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network and this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach, and coming up on the program, we'll look back on the Aggies' 42-27 home loss to Auburn on Saturday, another head-scratching blowout that should have been much closer than the 15-point margin of defeat. It was a game that saw the Tigers score 14 points in the span of 1 minute and 16 seconds at the very end of the second quarter, thanks to an Auburn blocked punt that was recovered in the end zone. Just before halftime, War Eagle tacked on two more scores early in the third quarter, and it was lights out on the Aggies. And quite possibly lights out on the end and and essentially the end of the Kevin Sumlin era from that point on. For Sumlin, it certainly feels like he's playing out the string and coaching his final three games as head man of the Aggies. Sumlin did make a quarterback change during the game. Nick Starkle took over for Kellen Mond and sparked the offense in the second quarter and played pretty well in the game. And Kevin Sumlin names Starkle the starting quarterback headed down the stretch this season. He'll make his first start since the opener at UCLA. Saturday at Kyle Field as the Aggies welcome back former legendary A&M outside linebackers coach and defensive coordinator Bob Davey and the New Mexico Lobos in for a 6 o'clock kickoff senior night again at Kyle Field. You can watch that game on ESPNU. We'll be joined this hour by Texag's columnist and Heisman voter Olin Buchanan, former Bryant-era quarterback at A&M, longtime SEC offensive coordinator Jimmy Wright, and ESPN.com writer Sam Kahn. All coming your way next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you save $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. Men, if you're like me, you appreciate the feeling of a clean, smooth shave from a quality blade. The sort of shave that cuts clean without the burn. So why are you messing around with generic razors that cost 32 bucks for an 8-pack? when you can shave with Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades for half the price. And because Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they'll send you their most popular set, complete with a razor, one of their world-famous blades, shaving cream, and post-shave balm for free if you cover shipping. A total value of $20 at no cost to you, with code 0404 at checkout, their way of saying thank you for trying them. How is Harry's able to save you all this money and still give you the best shave you'll ever enjoy? By owning the factory that manufactures the blades. That's how. Go to harrys.com now and enter code 0404 at checkout to claim your free trial set and post-shave balm. That's harrys.com, code 0404. What makes a holiday card unforgettable? Personality. And no one makes it easier or more affordable to create a holiday card full of personality than Vistaprint. Right now, get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That means 30 cards start at less than $15. With hundreds of stunning designs, your personality will shine through with every card you send. Just go to Vistaprint.com today and enter the promo code HOLIDAY to get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. 
With Dexter & Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter & Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter & Company can do for you. Back, it is the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And we start by looking back and examining the loss to Auburn Saturday at Kyle Field and the latest on embattled head coach Kevin Sumlin. Olin Buchanan joining me in studio. A 42-27 to blowout loss to Auburn, it should have been closer than the 15-point margin of defeat. And it was a classic case of old, what did John L. Smith say? The kids are playing their tails off and the coaches are <laughs> screwing it up. And it might have been the last time for Kevin Sumlin. He'll play out the string probably. But this is probably it for Kevin Sumlin and likely made his bet at the end of the first half. And we're going to dive into that. And he didn't realize he didn't, wasn't playing to win right there, cause according to what he said publicly. But he wasn't playing to win. It was playing. When you play with a loser mentality, you're going to lose. And every time Kevin Sumlin has tried, tried, tried to limp into the locker room with whatever lead he had in a two-minute drill, which every team in football practices, Olin, he's lost the game. Right when he's done this at Auburn, Auburn here two years ago, Ole Miss last year, Mississippi State last year after the Christian Kirk return. I mean, there were just there were moments. There, there. This is countless times now. And I thought he tried to be satisfied with a one point deficit. Who's satisfied with the deficit? You got a hot quarterback and a chance to go. That drove me absolutely crazy. Why he didn't try a minute thirty six and three timeouts and and Starkle's hot. And they're going to play prevent. They're going to give you 10 yards. you got a kicker that can make it from over 50. I did not understand that at all. I'll never understand some of the end-of-the-half situation. I think that's going to wind up biting them in the end. Uh, I, was, uh, I was disappointed with the uh, play selection there. Like you said, there was a minute 36 seconds. You had the ball to your own 20. Yeah, I get that. But uh, you had all three timeouts. Uh, Starkle had been playing pretty well since he had come in. And – um, you know, like you said, you got Daniel LaCamera, who's been uh, so accurate this year, and we know that he has he has the strength to make it from fifty. So I thought mm-hmm. that they'd be more aggressive. They had just lost the lead, and it was it was one of those games where um, it was frustrating because A and M had really controlled the first half, and yet we're trailing fourteen to thirteen after you know they'd gotten the ball at the nine yard line on a nice uh, what was a shovel pass from um, Starkle to Travion Williams, right. and then there was two incompletions and, you know, fades, I think, if I'm not mistaken, which I never well, liked that. When they complete a fade this year, it'll be the first. Well, I like a fade when you got a 6'4 guy that can jump. Uh, but anyway, anyway, so they it's 13-7. They give up the long pass and uh, for a touchdown. So you've controlled the game, and you're down 14-13. to And I'm going to try to put myself in Kevin Sumlin's mind here. He's probably thinking – and, and, and telling this to Noel Mazzoni, hey, let's see what we can get on first down. Let's run one, and if we don't get anything, at least we can run some clock. So if the next two passes are incomplete, when we punt, we're going to leave Auburn as little time as possible on the clock. But he looked up and didn't realize they had two timeouts, and they called them both. So it didn't matter if you ran or passed. They were going to call timeouts. Well, but, but you know what? Even if you're going to – okay, you ran – all right, I get it. If you're going to run on one on one play, I get it. Well, you're third, but, team, but third, third team running back. But then you run again. Right. And that's when I start thinking, okay, you're not trying to score. Inside then, zone plays that haven't worked all year except for UCLA, the worst run defense in college football. By and way. then you're going to pass on third down when Auburn knows you're really going to pass. And then, they, you know, Starkle, uh, who's playing well, has to scramble. He, he's not a scrambler. And, and so then you're punting and they block it. And, just, and in a span, if you go back – to not being able to get the touchdown when you had first goal at the nine. And here's the, the dominoes start falling. You don't get the touchdown. You settle for a field goal. You give up a long, uh, a long touchdown pass. You, uh, uh, you play conservatively and, and get nothing, and then you give up a pump block. And really, right then, all of a sudden, you controlled the first half and you're losing by eight. 
and Auburn's going to get the ball. And and that, that the game yeah. really ended there. It could have so easily been a 10-point lead for A&M. It could have very easily, when you're down there in the red zone and it was, what, 10-7 at that point, your advantage? Mm-hmm. It could have been 17-7 just like that. You did give up the deep ball. This team has a, the propensity to, to give up that. the deep ball, and they did. Debbie on Renfro got beat. He was yelling at Carper, but you're talking freshman, freshman. You know, while some might say – that's exciting for the future. Others might say, why are you in that spot? That you got to play freshman, freshman. You got a freshman yelling at a freshman while the other guy's scoring on you, right? And then you come right back and, and, and play so conservatively and be willing to just go ahead and accept your deficit at halftime when you weren't getting the ball back at the start of halftime. They were. Then they block you. You get what you deserve right there. You get what you deserve. Well, I don't know if they deserved it and or not, but they sure got it. You they know? got it. Uh, and it turned out they gave up 28 points in a span of about seven minutes and 48 seconds. You know, and I, you know, I think you try to score when there's that much time on the clock. As, as, uh, I really do. I remember last year against Ole Miss, they had the ball about midfield just before the half and didn't try to score at all. And it ended up, you know, who knows? If you try, maybe you get a field goal and you win the game. Yep. Uh, I just didn't I, – I, I thought I've I've said this before. I thought one of the things that was the downfall of Dennis Francione here was he got too conservative, and he he was I thought he yep. got to where he was coaching to try to uh, keep his job more than he was coaching to try to win. And when it was obvious that he wasn't going to keep his job in that Texas game, he became more aggressive, and, and it worked right. out. So right. I would have liked to have seen more aggression there. Yeah, you sure get the sense that someone's on his way out. Yeah, football scoop saying it's happening, but it won't happen until the end of the year. You've got Kirk Bowles who called up the chancellor. Okay, Kirk Bowles got this quote from Chancellor John Sharp. And when coaches start to get swirling around the, the drain, suddenly Kirk Bowles shows up and He's, starts writing I told, I told him I'm going to – his he broke the news Sherman is, got fired. Is the buzzard. Yeah, he's the buzzard. He called, here's the quote from Sharp. Our athletic director will make that decision, and I'm confident that it will be the correct one, was the quote from John Sharp. So take that for what you will. Even Sam Kahn, who's coached or who's covered oh. Sumlin since 2008 back at Houston, says, is it the beginning of the end for the Sumlin era? Back in May at SEC spring meetings in Destin, athletic director Scott Woodward put in no uncertain terms, quote, he has to win this year. He has to do better than he's done in the past. The recent past goes as follows, 8-5 and five and 14, 8-5 and five and 15, 8-5 and five and 16. And those followed a 5-0, and 5-0, and and 6-0 and start. He was 5-2 and two to start this year, having won five out of six. Off a of bye week, 0-2, both embarrassing. Not able to defend Kyle Field. I think the answer is pretty clear. And he coached the momentum out of his football team at the end of the first half. And why were they, why did they not start 5-0 and this year? Because of the most historic loss we'll ever see in our lifetime. Yeah, well, uh, this is huge collapse. So, yeah. um, I know there are those that are going to say, no, that you shouldn't make a change, not when they're uh, winning eight games. But when, when, What are you happy with? When four of those eight games are, typically, are usually bought and paid for. I've right. I've asked somebody before, who's the best non-conference team they've beaten since he's been here? UCLA last year, and they went four and eight. Right. I'm not sure it wasn't Louisiana Tech in 2012. Yeah, probably was, and it took all of Johnny to win that game. So, you don't win that game without Johnny. And, and, then, and, and you know what? It, without Johnny and leading the most spectacular comeback in in school history, they they would have gone eight and five in in 2013 as well. They finished right. the so. Right now, it's assured that they're going to finish the regular season with eight wins or less for what? Is it 13, 14, 15, 16, 15, fifth straight year? Yes. They were eight and four that year with Johnny. Right. Second and, year, and then right. they won. So finishing the regular season mm-hmm. with eight wins or less. At best. With eight wins or less. And I'm saying it's assured that you're going to do that. And And then you have to, uh, again, that's five years in a row. And you have to ask yourself, okay, when do you expect more? Our thanks to Olin Buchanan. We'll spend the next two segments with James Wright Jr., Jimmy Wright, former longtime quarterback and played a year in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers and a longtime coach in the SEC at Tennessee and Mississippi State. He was the head coach at Wichita State, too, for a, a time. Jimmy Wright's now with us on our local show every single week, and he brings a wealth of knowledge. And he'll join us next, and we'll get his perspective on the loss of the Tigers. Kevin Sumlin on the hot seat and more on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Welcome back.
back, we continue the conversation looking back on the loss to the Auburn Tigers and Kevin Sumlin's tenuous future in Aggieland. We're joined in studio right now by James Wright Jr., Jimmy Wright, longtime former quarterback at A&M and longtime former coach in the SEC, James Wright, Jimmy Wright with us in studio. Well, it, it, was, a, it was a good crowd for an 11 o'clock game, and it was a game that was determined in less than two and a half minutes at one point of the game. Right. Whenever we had the long pass, whenever we had the block punt, mm-hmm. and whenever we didn't score on the four or three yard line. Right. Uh, that, that, that's uh, you just subtract fourteen from forty two and add uh, add some more scores to uh, twenty seven, yep. and you're gonna beat them. See? You lose by fifteen, it looks like a blowout. Did Auburn outplay A and M? Yeah, Auburn outplayed A and M. But there were a few plays here and there gone the other way, and you can say that in almost every loss. A few plays go here and there. Yes. Uh, I think – I believe they out-coach – they coached the momentum out of their own team with the decision to not put the, keep the gas on at the end of the first half. I think that was a huge momentum swing right there. Well, when you, when, when you're, when you become the head coach or you become an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator, Gabe, the stats really mean a lot to you. They really do. And so when you start getting into some things like they, they ran the ball 52 times. Uh, we ran the ball 34 times. We both averaged 4.3, 4.1 average per carry. Mm-hmm. But they had 18 more plays than we did. Okay? When you get to the snaps, they had the ball 79 times. We had it 67. See, see that's, that's 12 more snaps, 12 more plays. Okay. Now, here's the bad one. Time of possession. They're over 35 minutes. They're 11 minutes and 28 seconds more than us. That's nearly a full quarter. Well, yeah, and that's why you see the defense go, miss field goal, punt, punt, and then TD, punt, punt. The defense played outstanding for a half of football, but they were on the field for the second straight game for almost 12 minutes longer than their opponent. That's why it's important that you can run the football. The, the, the two th- areas that A&M is totally embarrassing at is the red zone coming out. We cannot get out of there without passing the ball. And if we throw incomplete or if we get a uh, missed block on the line, which the O-line is still weak, which is a big question mark, our receivers have been dropping passes. I mean, so you're not 100% uh, – executing in those two areas. So if you have to pass coming out and you get to the four-yard line or the three or the two and you can't run it in with some kind of a jumbo for me, you have a hard time keeping the defense on the bench, our defense, Mm -hmm. see? And so when you start looking at at the total snaps – uh, we average anywhere from sixty, well, from sixty to sixty-seven. The defense is on the field from seventy-five to eighty-five. See, and and I can tell you this: just I can, I remember watching that Clemson, Alabama game for the national title, and I noticed that Alabama's defense was getting tired. And I went and got the paper the next day, and I looked up the total plays run by Clemson was 101, and Alabama ran 80. Yeah. And that defense was – they were gassed. And that, they and Clemson drove that ball right down there just like – kind of like our defense looks when they're out on the field too much. So, mm-hmm. yes, I think when you look at team stats, the third and long is not much different in terms of possess, in terms of percentage. Like they were six for 14, we were six for 18. It's like 45, 41 or something like that. Uh, everything was quite equal till you get to individual stats. Then let's take the key position of quarterback. And that's going to be a big difference. Set him at a nice game. Steedham, he, was, he was able Steedham to hit was on open. Perfect. He missed some open balls, but he was able to hit a few deep balls too, and he had the benefit of carry on Johnson. All right. Irregardless of what kind of players you got, the number three things for a quarterback is intelligence, accuracy, scramble ability. Mm-hmm. Intelligence to know where to take the ball and the type of pass to throw. Accuracy, getting your feet set up and putting that ball on the numbers. Okay, Steedham was 20 of 27. 
Yeah, he started 10 of 10, and then after an 0-4 stretch, he went 10 of 13 to close. He had a right. nice game. Nice game. Uh, he had a very good game. His passing percentage was 74. Uh, he ran seven times for 27 yards, so he accounted for nearly 300 yards. Now let's get to our guys. Mine was 5 of 11. He was uh, 40%. 16 yards. 16 yards and his rushing average. He carried the ball two times for minus two. Stargle was 11 of 22, 50%, 184 yards. Had two TDs. He rushed two times for minus two. So when you total everything up, you can see where you lose the ball game. We actually lost the ball game within two minutes prior to the half, and we lost the battle of long gainers. They had five. Even though the yardage is in our favor, they had five long gainers, and we had four, and that 53-yarder really hurt us. And then, yeah, coupled with you cannot get out of your end zone or the red zone backed up. You can't get out. And then you get it blocked. And you get it blocked. Even though we got two field goals blocked, they blocked that punt, got a cheap seven, to, seven points. I well, mean cheap. And more than just seven points, it was the momentum of you were up 13-7. to seven. Right. Had a really good chance to make it 17-7. to seven. Had to settle down there after going fade, fade, which hadn't worked all year. So you settle for the field goal. Then they hit a deep ball on you. And then, boom, get a cheap seven. Boy, think about two minutes left in the first half where you were from a momentum and confidence standpoint and where you were when you limped into the locker room. That's what I mean. And my concern is, my question for you is, you coach the game. Why coach with a not-to-lose mentality right there when you knew – and it be, why be timid right there when you knew you had you were coaching for your job? Why not coach with a win it? Let's don't put mentality. it coaching for your job. Well, I that's think it was. You I know, but let's just coach to win, Gabe. right? We had coach, to win. Yeah, quote unquote See, must win. And so you're a, and you're a fifteen point underdog. Just get after them. Yeah. I mean, just keep. What do you your, have to lose? Keep your foot on the pedal. You don't have anything to lose because you are the underdog. And, and get after them there, and don't be conservative. Uh, we, we're, we're, we were averaging 4.1 yards per rush, but we we got to change some things on the offense. If we cannot block everybody, then do like the school teacher in the third grade. Let's get more people out there. <laughs> Let's put more people on the line. We'll have more with Jimmy Wright after this. Tex-Ags, Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Bluestar Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Bluestar soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Bluestar worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabet on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the blue star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I have to get to sleep. Tom had a stressful day, and now he can't shut down at bedtime. Need sleep. To fall asleep fast, millions of people turn to Unisom Sleep Gels. They're non-habit-forming and quickly help you sleep soundly so you wake recharged. Mm. Tom? (sighs) Unisom Sleep Gels. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed. Active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. My son had been injured and he was prescribed pain opiates. No one ever told us how highly addictive these drugs were. My reaction was shock. My son didn't get so deep into the dark, scary woods overnight, and it's no straight line coming back. For parents out there who don't have hope, I realize there's a lot of families that are torn apart, but families can heal. Young people can get better. There's hope and help at drugfree.org. A message from Partnership for Drug-Free Kids. 
Hi, Gabe Bach here from TechSags Radio. And if you're not currently a premium or varsity-level subscriber to TechSags.com, what are you waiting for? TechSags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or inside on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like TechSags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's TechSags.com. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach and Jimmy Wright and the offense moving forward under Nick Starkle. We'll examine that next here with Jimmy in studio. I felt like when they put Starkle in the game, look, it wasn't working again. 23 minutes of football with Kellen Mond at quarterback. They gained a total of 66 yards. Right. And immediately the threat of the pass and then completing some stuff and completing over the middle and being pretty accurate, not 100%, but pretty accurate on slants. Hit Radley a couple of, but just the threat of Nick Starkle's arm then suddenly opened it up. And suddenly, just like that, Travion Williams was able to run the football. He was able to run the ball, even though Starkle cannot run. He I mean, when I say cannot run, he he can he can um proper word would be scramble or sure or, or maybe a sprint out type of deal, but he's not a he's not a tailback runner or a quarterback runner. Mm-hmm. He's not he definitely is not a scrambler like Baker Mayfield. Right. But he can move around. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, when he comes in the game, you said the main phrase that Bum Phillips told Coach Bryant in the Gator Bowl in 1957, and he got on that elevator and he was mad. And he said, Coach Bryant, you'll never win a national title if you don't have a threat of the pass. So, what did you just say? Starkle came in, had to throw the pass, so now they don't play eight in the box – or they don't uh, load up to one side of the field and try to blitz us. Uh, they start playing a basic defense, and it opens up areas where you can run a little bit more. Yep. And, and that's exactly what happened with Nick Stargle because his reputation is best passer on the team. And then he went out and actually did it early. So he went out and had some pretty immediate success. If nothing else, he found Christian Kirk. Mm -hmm. And they've got a little bit of chemistry. And I felt like, did you notice an extra pep in in Kirk's step because he knew he was going to get the football? Every receiver wants the football. Let me tell you this little story. We had Don Watson, who was really a good uh, receiver Mm -hmm. on our team. And we had uh, Bobby Joe Conrad, who was playing tight end, tried at quarterback, tried at halfback. He was really a split end. Great athlete. Both of those two guys. Now, remember now, Coach Bryant lets you only throw one pass a game. <clears throat> and when you're talking about Christian Kirk knowing that he's got a passer on the team and he's working a little bit harder on his route to get open, Don Watson and Bobby Joe would come back to me and say, Jimmy, I'm open, and we hadn't even thrown a pass yet. <laughs> See? And so all these receivers, when you get a guy in there that they say, oh, okay, he's going to get me the ball. Right. The routes are faster. They're quicker. They're more determined. They're more focused. You I'm get in a rhythm. You. Yeah. And, and Kellen is learning one thing, and he's learning it the hard way. College football is a game of intelligence, physicality, and accuracy. If you're a skilled guy, you better put your eye on that ball to catch it. And if you're a passer – your brain better work. You better not have an IQ and eyesight the same because right. you won't know how to throw the type of pass for that situation. It's just like Matt Stafford last night with Detroit. Mm-hmm. He threw that, uh, that wheel route to that guy. There was only one area, and it wasn't even big as my wrist. Right. And that ball was right in there. That's accuracy now. Yeah, and what Kellen Mond is is he's smart. He doesn't go to IMG without being That's right. That. It's, he's young. So he's learning the hard way just how, how the the chasm, the gap between high school football and college football. What he's just you're saying the right thing, Gabe, because that's why I had the individual stats of Mon Stargle and uh, and Steedham. Mm-hmm. Steedham's got more experience than either one of those two, and look at their results of a playing good people, playing a good football team. Steedham with experience and knowledge and and uh, the ability to have been under uh, other programs and a little older outdueled our two kids. Mm-hmm. 
And then Starkle did a little bit better because he's been here a year and a half, year and so many semesters. Well, I'm interested to see what he does now that he's going to get the first-team reps. He's I'm interested to, to see what he does yeah. when he actually gets more and more game reps because if you're talking about game experience, Mon's got still probably three times the game experience right. that Starkle's had mm-hmm. because of the injury. Right Now, he's been here and he knows the system better. No question about that. But I want to see Nick Starkle when he knows now, because someone announced it after the game, that right. Nick Starkle's QB1 moving forward. He's got year. a he's got a game that AM should win. Yep. Not maybe or if or and should win. And Starkle should look really good in preparation for Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the team better understand their situation because the only players – the only people, Gabe, that's going to change this uh, attitude of playing pretty good for 10 minutes and playing bad for two and giving up 10 or 14 points, bingo, just like that, is the players and the assistant coaches. We're going to have to improve the secondary play, the O-line, receivers running the route. The O-line has got to have good pass protection or we acquire a running game for Nick Stargle. A running game is the best friend for Nick Stargle. Not yeah. him running, right. a running game. Right. Well, and his ability to throw it opens up the run, too. So I think the running game should be a lot closer to being back if Nick Starkle's your quarterback. When he walks out on that field, number 17, the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss and LSU are going to say he can throw the football. Mm-hmm. And their, their number one thing is going to – have their coverage set up, and they hope they can stop us with four, a four-man line and two linebackers. It's a really good time to get New Mexico, too. Sure it is. I'd be really surprised if Nick doesn't have a huge game. He, they, had, they gave up 38 points to yeah. Fresno. They gave up 38 points to Air Force. The Air Force Wyoming? lost to Army, and Army didn't throw a pass in the game. Yeah. They still lost that game. So, can you imagine what a guy like Starkle could do? They ought to be able to run at Army, you know, but that's what Army does. I get it. But they lost to Wyoming. They gave up 42 points to Wyoming in the cold weather. So, I think uh, Nick Star- he ought to put a lot on tape that now says if you're Ole Miss and you have trouble stopping anybody anyway, you're like, well, we really got to respect this kid. I would love to see AM come out – Instead of putting three receivers wide across the whole field and one on the back, is like a lot of these teams that are up in the top 12 in ranking, is bunch them up either out, at, out there about 8 to 12 yards or 8 to 10 or 8 yards, bunch them up, bunch them up close, let them run those routes where they can't just go one-on-one, where you bunch them up, and maybe you screen a couple of guys, and bingo, you got your open man, mm-hmm. and let him see if he can't run with the balls. Yep, yeah, some pick plays we, and better we, blocking. And right him has got to start coming up with something like lead blockers for running the ball. They got to have misdirection in the backfield. They got to have somebody that's going to run a wide play, Gabe, like a jet sweep, or either a. a Give the ball to the tailback and pull some linemen. Let him. We we got to we got to be a little bit more creative in the backfield. Uh, you can run a sprint out with Nick Stargle. He doesn't have to sprint out and run. Sprint out knowing he's going to throw it or throw yeah. the ball away. Our thanks to Jimmy Wright, Sam Kahn of ESPN.com. We'll go around Aggieland, the SEC, and college football with Sam next on the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Bach with you, the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network, an hour-long weekly show here on CRM. And let's go around Aggieland, the SEC, and college football, Sam Kahn of ESPN.com. Sam, what are your expectations for how a and is going to handle the next three weeks when it looks like it's apparent, though not official, but apparent that Kevin Sumlin is sort of playing out the string. Do you expect any sort of wait and see, and if he wins out, all sort of like Les Miles and LSU two years ago, or 
has the ship sailed and is Kevin Sumlin playing out the string in your opinion? No, I mean, here's the thing. From a player standpoint, from a team standpoint, I think the team will handle it well because I think there is strong leadership. For the same reason we saw them play well and close out games after UCLA in the way they close out Arkansas, the way they close out South Carolina, mm-hmm. the way they competed against Alabama. The Christian Kirks and Armani Watts of the world on this team, I think, are going to help keep things going well. And I think yep. in some ways, especially this Saturday with it being a home game, the last home game, senior night, all that stuff, I think they'll probably be a little loose. I think you'll see them play with a little more confidence, you know, because I think I don't think there's really much they can do at this point. Right. Plus, For, Watts and Kirk at least want to close out strong and leave a legacy. Right, right. And But, but – from from Kevin's standpoint, no, I mean, I, like everybody else, and there's my phone. I, there's I the I, flooring I, company. I know that's my <laughs> boss. I thought I had it on silent. I hit it right before the phone, but I guess it didn't work. Thanks, do not disturb on Apple. But ah. uh, the the thing is, is I think no, I, I do think it's inevitable. I mean, I I think we're here. We're at the beginning of the end here. I I, I just don't. Scott Woodward made it very clear at the start of the season. He has to win more than he has in the past. And at the end of the regular season, that will not have been the case, even if they went out. Right, so right. to me, it, the implications seem very clear. Uh, could things change? Yes. I mean, you never say never because we saw what happened with Les Miles. I don't think that's going to happen here. But mm-hmm. but you, you never say never until it's actually done. But no, I mean, I think, I think it's inevitable. I think in the loss to Auburn, my pullout sort of takeaway from that game was A&M fans wanted – they were desperate because it was must-win mode for the fans. Uh, but, you know, it was a late-arriving crowd. You'd like to have seen it better. But at the same time, everyone that loves A&M football and everyone that analyzes it in general from a national standpoint, regional or right here locally, it sure felt like a must-win. They had mm-hmm. to do it. And what you wanted to see there was the energy from the coaching staff and Kevin Sumlin to coach like his job was on the line. Mm-hmm. And when you have the end-of-the-half – sort of just mundane, let's run a couple inside zones into the wall twice, and you know, and then punt it and get it blocked and you kind of get what you deserve on that deal. It didn't feel like a coach coaching with his hair on fire. Right. Like it mattered so much that he wins this game. Right. Uh, well, I, I, here's what I'll say about that is I, I've never known Kevin to change his demeanor or style for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in, And when I, when I say that, I mean – I would never expect him to coach a game with that emotion. Uh, the urgency that he has is just from an urgency to win and an, and an urgency to. I'm not saying start yelling well. at everybody. Right, but right. How but, about keep the gas on when you had a quarterback that well, was hot? Well, that's also a change from what he's done because remember, there was once upon a time where he would go every time offensively when they got the football. They got the football with 30 seconds on 30. They're going to go try and score. Yeah. That has changed over the last couple of years in large part. Because the offense is not what it once was. The defense got better this year, and he has changed how he coaches games as a result. And I think, honestly, that's to his credit because he has evolved and learned that maybe this is not always the way to go about it because if I go three and out, I'm going to put my defense back on the on the field in a, in a quick amount of time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there was one – I will say it was like a year, year and a half ago where I noticed someone making the decision to punt at midfield on fourth and – three sometimes when I didn't there were times before that he would never do that right and so that was right. a change in philosophy so should they have been aggressive there probably so yeah but I don't think I don't take that as you know he didn't coach yeah no he didn't he if you're saying he was not going to that game coaching as a must win no I don't think he was because I don't think he's ever conducted himself in that way he's conducted himself trying to be the same coach week in and week out yeah yeah, you know, time score momentum. Yeah, you are down. The momentum was in the balance at that point after the deep ball, but you had had a bunch of the momentum. And just kind of limping into the locker room, happy to be down one, turned out you were down eight because of that. And then it killed all the momentum. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he coached the momentum out of what the players had gotten when Starkle came into the game. And the defense was playing good for much of the first half. Right. Really. But the game turned on its ear and never no really came back. In a two-and-a-half-minute span. You know, we had a big conversation this morning asking the question, is A&M a top-10 job? And we were defining what program means versus job. And a program takes in the fact of uh, what you've done, your program history, where you are right now, your projectability. Right? Uh, a job is what all those things could be if you got the guy. Right? Mm-hmm. And what – uh, elements are at place at a certain job that would attract a big time hire. 
you know, I think there's clearly a difference between those. Now, maybe USC is a top five program, but it might not be a top ten job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, A&M might be polar opposite of that. It's not a top ten program right now. There's been very small pockets of time where it has been that. But most, by and large, it hasn't. But is it a top ten job? Is it a top ten attractive job? When you factor in all the elements, if you are limited to just ten, I don't think it's necessarily top ten, but I think it's like right there. Yeah, I think it's if it's not ten, it's eleven, twelve. It's definitely top fifteen to me at this point. Mm-hmm. With and that has changed. It wasn't that ten years ago, right? But now that was the old Kyle Field facilities yes, with the SEC membership, with being the only SEC school in the state of Texas, which is one of the three biggest recruiting bases, recruiting states in the country with the facilities they have, with the financial resources you have, which obviously have become better uh, since the 2012 season, mm-hmm. I, I think it's definitely right on the cusp there of being, if it's not a top 10, it's right outside of it. Thank you, Sam. When we come back, we'll run down the SEC schedule and a quick pick of the games against the spread. We'll do that next and look straight ahead to A&M in New Mexico, Saturday, 6 o'clock on ESPNU Senior Night in the final home game in the 2017 season at Kyle Field. Gabe Bach with you, the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Sunshine, get Dixie fried. Get yourself some rebel pride. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity. Theoretically speaking, actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. What makes a holiday card unforgettable? Personality. And no one makes it easier or more affordable to create a holiday card full of personality than Vistaprint. Right now, get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That means 30 cards start at less than $15. With hundreds of stunning designs, your personality will shine through with every card you send. Just go to Vistaprint.com today and enter the promo code HOLIDAY to get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. Men, if you're like me, you appreciate the feeling of a clean, smooth shave from a quality blade. The sort of shave that cuts clean without the burn. So why are you messing around with generic razors that cost 32 bucks for an 8-pack when you can shave with Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades for half the price? And because Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they'll send you their most popular set, complete with a razor, one of their world-famous blades, shaving cream, and post-shave balm for free if you cover shipping. A total value of $20 at no cost to you, with code 0404 at checkout, their way of saying thank you for trying them. How is Harry's able to save you all this money and still give you the best shave you'll ever enjoy? By owning the factory that manufactures the blades. That's how. Go to harrys.com now and enter code 0404 at checkout. To claim your free trial set and post-shave balm, that's harrys.com, code 0404. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.
Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network, and let's run down the SEC schedule. Arkansas, boy, they got by Coastal Carolina, which was 1-7 at homecoming in Fayetteville last week by one point. Had to come back from double digits down in the fourth quarter to do it. It's a bad football team right now. At number 19, LSU, 11 o'clock on ESPN. Tigers at home favored by 17 at the time that we're recording this game, that we're recording this show LSU is going to cover that spread easily. They're playing good, pretty good football. Uh, looked okay, competed with Alabama. They're not as good as Alabama, but they've got pieces, they got parts, they've got talented skill players. The defense is starting to come together, and Darius Geis and Darrell Williams are running the football. Issues at quarterback, I get it, which makes 17 feel like a lot, but it's also in Death Valley. So I'll say LSU covers. Ooh la la, Louisiana Lafayette at Ole Miss. 11 o'clock on the SEC Network, Rebels favored by 19 and a half. Rebels fa- laying 19 and a half at home, that seems like way too much for me. And I know quarterback's not been an issue. It's not been the main issue by any stretch of the imagination post Shea Patterson's injury, and I frankly thought it was just going to add on to it. But uh, Jeremy Ta'amu has been extremely good. He had a heck of a day the other day. Four touchdown passes on the road. And in a win against Kentucky on the road, I thought this team was going to be down and out and losing a big lead to Arkansas was going to do, just be the, the, the bug was going to do them in. I really thought it was. But they're playing pretty good football. They'll win the game, but I think Louisiana Lafayette, because their ability to throw it around, it's a good offense, terrible defense. So Ole Miss is going to win this game by probably two touchdowns or so, maybe 17, but 19 and a half seems like a lot. So I'll I'll take those points with with Lafayette. Florida at South Carolina, 11 o'clock on CBS. Gamecocks at home favored by seven. South Carolina is going to cover that easily. This is going to be a bloodbath. This is going to be a game. Will Muschamp's had this thing circled. Of course, he played him last year, but gets him now here, his former team that he coached and, and got fired and gets them – in Columbia, and I think it is going to be a blowout. Florida's got nothing going for themselves. They made the move, the interim head coach with Randy Shannon, and got waxed, waxed by by Missouri on the road. Now go back on the road against an even better team. South Carolina is going to pummel this team by probably 20-plus. So I'll say South Carolina covers easily. Number one, Georgia at number 14, Auburn, 230 on CBS. Bulldogs favored on the road by two and a half. Crazy things happen in this great rivalry Longest-running rivalry in the South. Georgia covers that spread and will win by about 7-10, to 10, though there will be some drama in there. There always is, but I like these Georgia Bulldogs a lot. I think they covered. Kentucky at Vanderbilt, 3 o'clock on the SEC Network. Commodores at home against the Wildcats, favored by 2.5. Kentucky and the points here. And Well, I think UK is better than Vandy. UK wins this game outright. Benny Snell Vanderbilt cannot stop the run, and Benny Snell's running wild right now. He's having a great season and will continue that on the road. Kentucky's going to win the game. Number two, Alabama at number 16, Mississippi State. The Cowbells will be rocking 6 o'clock. It's at night on ESPN. And Crimson Tide on the road, favored by two touchdowns by 14. Bama covers it, but you know Mississippi State's Jekyll and Hyde team that plays so much better at home. And they're playing pretty good football right now, though they allowed UMass to hang around for four quarters. What a weird sort of trap moment where they had come off the win at Kyle Field. They get one of the worst teams in college football. So bad that they allowed Chris Berman to wear a headset <laughs> earlier this year. And then they go to Mississippi State. And then they, they get, because they know Alabama's coming. It's just an ultimate trap. Weren't ready for it. Two weeks to prepare for Bama, essentially. Overlook UMass. And they almost got nipped, is what happened. But. So they're gonna. This is their Super Bowl moment, and I think they hang around for a half. But Alabama eventually wears on them and covers that fourteen. Tennessee at Missouri, six thirty on the SEC Network. Tigers favored by ten and a half, and will cover that spread easily. Missouri's actually playing good football right now. Drew Locke's having a heck of a year, and Missouri's won three straight. And I think they'll close by winning their last six games. They got Tennessee, then Vanderbilt. And then at Arkansas after that, I think they're going to win all three of those games and finish with seven wins, Missouri Tigers. And I still have issues with their defense, but look what they did to Florida. Bad offense. Tennessee equally as bad offense. A better player in John Kelly than anything Florida's got, but an equally bad offense overall. Missouri's going to roll in this game and cover the 10.5. And finally, New Mexico at Texas A&M, 6 o'clock on ESPNU. Aggies favored at home by 19. 
I think AM covers that spread, and I'll tell you about it. My player to watch is Nick Starkle. Nick Starkle and a combination of Travion Williams and Christian Kirk. And they've both gotten going here in those pockets of moments where Nick Starkle's come into the game. Twice in relief of Kellen Mond the last two weeks and then started the season in the first half against UCLA before injuring his ankle and missing <clears throat> about six weeks of football. So Starkle and then what Starkle brings to open up the run game because of the threat of the pass, that opens up Travion Williams. And then what it does to get Christian Kirk involved, they clearly have the chemistry that Mond and Kirk don't, and Starkle is making it a point to get Christian Kirk going, which has got to be rule number one as quarterback of the A&M offense. So they both benefit from it, but your player to watch is Nick Starkle, without a doubt. you got a very run-oriented offense in New Mexico coming in that doesn't throw it much. So Kiki and Henderson inside, and then the linebacker combination of, of – uh, of Alaka and who's who was injured Otara Alaka that's a player to watch just to see if he plays in this game do they give him a time a game off to make sure he's ready to go in the two road games in the SEC to close it out being uh, at Ole Miss and then at LSU that'll be interesting so a player to watch is Alaka just to see if he's going to play in this game and then of course aiding the run game getting after the quarterback and passing situations but of course it's Tyrell Dodson too in the middle so it's the guys in the middle Kiki and Henderson a defensive tackle, and then your Mike linebacker, Tyrell Dotson, and then a, a Laka just to see if he even plays in this game. How banged up really is he? Something to watch there. Keys to the game, show up early, man. Be ready to attack against a bad football team. Buckle down. Don't have a Mississippi State moment against uh, UMass. You're not good enough to have those moments and still win the game. New Mexico is 3-6. and six. They've been getting pummeled by bad teams, A&M is good enough to blow the doors off of that 19 and cover that spread if they show up buckle down be motivated on senior day play hard for texas a&m get you a score stop score and the game is over all right you do that you get up 14 nothing this game will be over in a hurry should be able to move the ball on this team air force wyoming fresno state did slow down a one-dimensional run game and it's going to be a blowout they cannot throw it if they get behind and beat you much needed feel good win before Ole miss and lsu coming for a&m they should have an offensive outburst in this game starkle under center against a bad defense i'm looking at 45 to 17 and a win that instills some much needed confidence pre Ole miss and then we'll see what happens next week. A&M's better than Ole Miss, but that's a tough place to play. But you start giving yourself a chance to go 3-0 and down the stretch by, uh, by, by taking care of business in, in this game in such a way where you are completely confident going to Oxford next week. So next week on the show, we'll break down that. We'll look back quickly on the game against New Mexico and spend a big chunk of our time looking ahead to the game against the Ole Miss Rebels next week. On the Texas Maroon and White Report, I'm your host, Gabe Bach, your producer, Ronnie Woodard, and Dalton Hughes. Our thanks to Sam Kahn, Jimmy Wright, and Olin Buchanan. You've been listening to the Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.